This is Power 1 and 2 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Lots going on. That's all I'll say. Lots going on. All right, thank you so much, Sean. Play all the services of Power at 8 o'clock news brief. Check them out. They're on the Eastern Main Road in Champlain, of course, hence the name Champlain Auto Services. Give them a call at 662-6545. Anything to do with your vehicle. Fleet management as well. Inspection. A lot of vehicles are not being inspected. I see a lot of cars not inspected or the inspection period has run out. Get it inspected. All right. Actually run into four roadblocks over the weekend. I thought it was quite odd. But, uh, yeah. All right. So, thank you so much to Champlain Auto Services. All right. Right there in Champlain. Right off Eastern Main Road itself. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, I should give you a traffic update, shouldn't I? Yes. You all missed that, didn't you? Yes, you did. So, I understand. All right. Come on to Digo. Still very heavy. Out of Maraval. Halfway through, you got some traffic. Out of St. Anne's. Lowers and the cruise. Sorry. Yeah. Lowers and the cruise coming down. The San Juan got some traffic going up towards the walkover on Ladium. You've got traffic. Eastern Main Road is pretty much chock a block from Page to Mova. Uh, Trinity Central Road, top to bottom. Southern Main Road from Sugar Corners to Monroe Road is heavy. Um, I believe that accident, um, the car flipped by Nagara side is still there. Rivulet Road, traffic again from Coover towards Sugar Corners this morning. All right. Go and take a break. Play a nice track for you. Yeah, it always happens to Los Alumnos de San Juan. Every time. We are a team. We are prepared. These are the fighters. My Caribbean brothers and sisters, from June 1st to November, prepare now. Not after, prepare now. These are the fighters. Na, 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 na. Let's do this together now. Hurricane fighters. From them, or else you might end up in a problem. message was brought to you by the Office of Disaster Preparedness and Management Trinidad and Tobago and the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Management Agency. Do you need to get work done on your vehicle? Look no further than the Auto Champions. Champlain Auto Services, from vehicle inspection to shutdown service, they do it all. Champlain Auto Services, great mechanics and technicians, exceptional customer service with accessories galore. Champlain Auto Services is your one-stop shop. They are your auto champions. You name it, they can fix it. Champlain Auto Services, Eastern Main Road, opposite Carib. Call 662-6545 and like us on Facebook. Champlain Auto Services, we do it all. Hey, ready for massive Diwali deals at Furniture Plus? Save up to $2,300 on mattresses. Certain CD and Therapeutic are all on sale. Sleep better with prices starting from just $999. Available with cash and higher purchase plans. Check press and social media for details. Totoro and the family. You still live right next to 
and all the festivities leading to that big day when Paul Richard, I mean Santa Claus, comes down the chimney. If we have chimneys, come to the front door or the window or the back door. All right. All right, 18 minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock, I'm still waiting to get a hold of the commissioner, the acting commissioner of police, Mr. Jacobs. Uh, I'm dead on time with him. He's just not answering. He will call me back, though. Um, we just heard from um, Minister of National Security, Honorable Fitzgerald Hines. We'll hear from Mr. Jacobs um, in a short, short. All right, but still vote on our poll. All right, do you think the Defense Force should do more? Curb crime. 11, 14, with the pointers. Three year old got shot in the headlines of one of the papers. Not too long ago, we heard of a, a nine year old being executed. That's what it is. I I just don't understand. I, and I guess it's a matter of resources. I mean, I say I don't understand. It's a matter of limited resources. But to me, understanding the impact technology has on law enforcement and understanding as far as minister has a question about the cctv camera grid and he answered that question months ago i know it doesn't happen overnight government is a procurement process and for to avoid corruption you have to go through the, the correct process through procuring identifying and procuring equipment at a state level but to me i would prioritize fixing those cap that camera grid exactly i would order i would order a thousand cctv cameras i would because i know they have a central command station Mm -hmm. i would prioritize that camera system particularly in areas that are prone to crime so that at the end of the day i remember when we did it already you know when shogam and summit of the americas were coming here Prime, then the late Prime Minister Manning put up CCTV cameras across the East-West corridors like pronto, you know. Once you can do checks and balances, you just have to expedite. Because it was part of the prerequisite security grid when you're having the President of the United States and the Queen of England here. But they did it. So I, I, and I know we have limited resources. I know all that. But to me, what better way to spend the money and utilize it in terms of the technological support for law enforcement. Because you really cannot have a law enforcement agency now without the amount of technology, the, the requisite technology that you need. You need a, an operational, fully functional CCTV camera grid, well-maintained, I might add, in the mm-hmm. country. In the absence of that, you are doing 1980s policing. That grid should be stationary CCTV cameras across the country and linked into body cams. That is what it should be. I mean, if if we don't read, there's a priority. Nothing else matters but that to me. Because if people can't stay alive, you can't benefit from anything society has to offer. If you cannot stay alive on a fundamental level, it makes no sense. Nothing else matters. You understand? Yeah. Never a dull moment. So 
So I don't know. I guess we'll see what it unfolds. Hey, Paul. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good morning, Mrs. St. Hilbab. Good morning, Mr. Richards. I'd say doctor, but we know why I won't. How are you sitting on there? <laughs> I'm sitting here because Steve wants to take care of something very briefly. Also, he's back now. So that so, so ends our convo. Um, I thought he went to the, the, he became indisposed. I know after a bout with the flu, one has very weak controls. No, no, no. What it wasn't that controls? at all. Evie came and was telling me something. So I had to take a walk and double check. What? Yeah, so I, I did that. But we'll take your calls. 222 talk. I'm, I'm still trying to wait on the commissioner of police, uh, police to call me back. Uh, he's normally quite pronto on this, but uh, maybe I'll try him one more time. But let's take the sleepiest person in the world by the time. Good morning. All right, good morning. Morning, you wake up. Good to know. I wake up early, man. I'm trying to go outside to see what I could do before the rain starts. You mean you're going to put your plants out inside the house to get some rainwater? Yes, yes. I know I'm that, I know that, yes. Give some some fresh soil and things so that they could enjoy the juice when it comes. Um, Paul. Yes, darling. Paul, you, you are relieved this morning and you have more time that you could um, put into punging people. That you, you know, you don't have to try to do what um, Steve was doing there and talk. So I know you're happy this morning. You know, I like, we, we, and I'm going to say something, and I, I got in real trouble for Say it, since say it. Said, since you say I, I like to pong people, since you don't like to pong people. <laughs> Listen. Like, like this strong man, I did busy this morning. You couldn't call earlier. Let me call, call and make my contribution. Let me talk now, please. Strongy, strongy, is here this morning. <laughs> I want to say, listen, I... Uh, when I told um, Steve that I will say what I have to say about that poll, the, I agree with the, the regiment helping out, not in terms of patrolling, but Rafik Shah made a very good contribution some years ago. I don't think it was ever put into place. What they need to do is to lock down this country, lock down parts of it, part by part, lock down, and search. And when I say lockdown, nothing moves. There is a proliferation of illegal guns in this country that they have to get rid of. Right? And I'm saying again to I'm hoping that they keep still keeping an eye on the borders for illegal entry into this country of people, guns, and animals. How do you propose they do that, given the fact that I know of people who purport to leave and go back to Venezuela and come back here without batting, like it's a bus service? No, it's a ferry well, service. The, the ferry service is operating, you know. I saw them advertising so then, on what, the paper. So then what uh -huh. is the... I'll, I'll choose, I'm trying to choose the right word here. Uh -huh. What is the assertion that we are securing the borders when we know they ain't going wrong to come up by Toko. And they ain't going wrong. They're going, they're very regular well, ports of entry, according to reports. And I don't understand if you know what the regular area is for them to enter in the country. Mm -hmm. 
mm. how difficult it is because it's not a big island mm-hmm. we don't have a big island why is it why is it so easy for Venezuelan nationals to go and come back into this country <laughs> is it it's an very, unspoken arrangement easy. is that it is it a what an unspoken arrangement I don't know, but I I am also wondering the the those that are advertising this elite illegal um, ones that operating. How is customs and immigration keeping a tabs on them if they just come in to shop and go back? I try to wonder well, that. But they have to shop. They have to come like to shop. When? Remember, we had a, a a registration exercise or two actually, mm-hmm. where Venezuelan nationals could have registered and worked and stayed here because of the turmoil. Remember, the, the state put that in place just well, before pa- the pandemic. Only, you think it's only them going and coming? I am not saying it's not only them, them going and coming, yeah. but I'm saying the, the, the ones that are more of concern to me are the illegal ones. Yeah. Thank you, Zena. Um, Acting Commissioner of Police, McDonald Jacobs, good morning to you. How are you? Uh, yeah, good morning. Good Recording morning. in progress. Thank you, Dorothy. Everything good? You had enough curry yesterday? You had your parazad for breakfast? No, I, I, I didn't have um, curry yesterday. I, I was in fact on an enterprise, you know, um, in the enterprise area yesterday, um, visiting uh, the residents down in the enterprise, Kong Trace, Chrissy Trace. That is what we call the hotspot area. I spent the evening down there. You know, having some meetings with some concerned residents and um, and some NGOs to see what you know the other from the other side of policing that we can do to deal with that situation in the enterprise area. So, about six of my hours was spent yesterday in the enterprise um, area. You know, Commissioner. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you always making yourself available. Yes, thank you. As always, always. Thank you. Yes. There is no doubt that the TGPS cannot be happy about the murder rate in the country. At last count, according to some media outlets, 493. I asked this of the Minister of National Security this morning, are gang membership numbers increasing or decreasing in Trinidad and Tobago? Well, well, you know, I, I come from more evidence-based um, um, background. So, you know, in responding to things, you know, I need to, you know, have that, that uh, evidence to say that it is increasing. And I will say no. What is increasing is uh, the proliferation of, of firearms in the country and the type of firearms. Because remember, I mentioned to you all, out of 20, um, 21 incidents, we end up with 76 shooting with 56 deaths. So if we just looking if we just look at it from the surface of it and say, well look, we have fifty-six deaths. It came out of twenty-one incidents. You know, and because of the type of weapon that is being used, several persons are getting shot. So when you look at the numbers of murders, you will be of the opinion that the number of persons who are involved in gang activities you know, and criminal activities is in fact increasing and it may not be so at all. So that is the reason I'm saying, you know, I have to take it from an evidence-based approach 
to to answer the question, you know, in a definite way will be difficult. What is driving this gang upsurge, the, 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 the upsurge in gang activity that's resulting in these deaths? You see, we have to go straight back and understand gang dynamics and that aspect of whether or not there is, in fact, significant confidence in our criminal justice system and where gangs decide or gang members decide that they will take the law in their own hands. So you'll find when an incident happens, they are not coming forward to make reports or to give the police the necessary information and evidence. They are deciding to take the law in their own hands. I mean to say Internationally, it is so, and in some places, it is less, in less than others. But we have reached the point that they are deciding to, to do their own justice. Even in incidents where you have some persons who we consider the innocent persons who are shot in, in these situations, you will find from our intelligence that some family members who may decide that the way how they are handling the situation is not coming to the police and providing the necessary information, but by going to someone who they know involved in the criminal world to take the necessary revenge on their behalf. And this is what we are, in fact, dealing with. And the middle of that, again, is the availability of the firearms so that these persons respond in this manner. Commissioner, it's interesting to hear you say that because what, what you're suggesting is what has or is developing, and I'm using the phrase in parentheses, is a parallel criminal justice system. Well, in, in the, in, as I said, internationally in the gang world, in the gang world, and when you have a lot of gang activities, that what you mentioned it do in fact happen and that is the reason why law enforcement have to break the back of it and our criminal justice system need to join in and also when i talk about the criminal justice system i'm talking about even the the, the main court in England, that is the, the the parliament in the sense that make laws because the way our laws are now couched in a particular way it is not really and truly beneficial to the, the general populace. It is more in line with individual rights and privileges than in the sense of, the, of benefiting the general population. And I know that you will have your opinion, but just even in relation to the Bail, the bail Act, even the offenses, the sort of fines and penalties for possession of firearms, and as I mentioned, I always don't want to refer to our Jamaican counterparts who have now amended the laws to suit what is happening in the environment in Jamaica. Why we are not doing it? Why we are in a position that persons know that if they get hold of that firearm now, they will be able to get, they, they are entitled to bail, they can get bail. How they know that if they plead guilty, more than likely the the, 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 the fine that they will get might be up to uh, uh, for the most of 10,000 or, 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 or two years in, in, in prison, you know. 
and, and that is what we say so there is no real significant deterrent in our society to prevent persons from being involved in criminal activities we the police we have ramped up our approach to ensure that we can get our files and our case management organized so that when the time comes we are ready to go on within a short space of time but you know we could get into an argument about that bail bail bill and go on forever but there there are some who suggest that while the bail bill was active before it lapsed the evidence wasn't that it was uh taking it was it was it wasn't reducing crime significantly at the level that the population would have liked yeah well that may be that may be so but things take time and what i'm indicating is that we don't give up some of our our some of our ammunition that exists just because it may not be getting the immediate effect that we want that we have to continue trying so it comes like if we, we let go the rope, so we will lose the tug of war. We need to hold it and we need to hold strength. And that is what we are asking for. We need to hold strength. So there is, what is the deterrent? There is no significant deterrent. We are arresting persons. Over the weekend, we arrest so many persons. We recovered seven firearms um, over the weekend. Up to for this year so far is 575 firearms that we have um, seen. 101 submachine gun, hyper rifle. Yeah, and hundreds of persons have been charged and placed before the court. So the police are out there and they are doing the, the, the work. But we need all the other agencies and things to come on board and for us to understand the magnitude of the problem that we are facing in Trinidad and Tobago. And now is not time for us to come with all kind of arguments and rhetoric concerning what is happening. We need to buckle down and do what is required. And there are examples around us with other countries, what they are doing to deal with the increase in, in crim criminality in their country. We got to get, we really got to get, get serious. You say, why well, call on my officers? and my divisional commanders and say you are in charge of your division and you are responsible and you are going to be held to account for what is happening in your division try to give them the tools hold them to account Similarly, we need to look at all the other actors that are responsible to assist us to make sure and to be safe the Minister of National Security earlier, we, we asked him a question, a question about the, L, the transnational gang element or operative element in Trinidad Tobago with the kinds of uh, murders we're seeing now. And he said, well, clearly, because we don't make guns in Trinidad and Tobago, guns are being imported. Uh, do you have a concern that we are not as effective as we can and should be as a country in stymieing the illegal flow of drugs into, guns into the country? Well, the amount of um, firearms that are on the streets and communities in Trinidad and Tobago, I cannot be satisfied at all. We are making all the efforts through our uh, our transnational um, crime um, unit, you know, working with, with, with our international partners in order to, to do as much as introduction as possible, right, when it comes to firearms. And you will see within the last, the last year or so, the number 
of interdictions we had with firearms at the various ones and the number of firearms and ammunition that was seized. You know, so we are making efforts, but I'm not satisfied. We need to further develop our intelligence network. Our international partners need to do work at the, and, and, at the end as we develop the intelligence to prevent and arrest persons who are responsible for sending the firearms into Trinidad and Tobago. So a lot of work needs to be done on both ends, and we are working together as a team to, uh, to, to uh, arrest it. But I am not um, fully satisfied. So we have to continue working and working uh, you know, hard in order to, to deal with the situation. Uh, that said, given the fact that there is a concern that the illegal migration issue between Trinidad and Tobago and Venezuela continues, uh, at a rate that no one can be satisfied as how concerned are you because if people can go back and forth that readily which is the suggestion by many why are we surprised that guns and 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 gang members from venezuela are not coming into the country and bringing illegal guns my understanding is that a lot of the guns we're seeing when the checks are made on them are guns that are originating in venezuela and or south america well, well, I do. I, I don't know who was um, actually supplying you with the with the necessary data. You know, um, when you want good data, you come to me because sometimes I'm known as data. When it comes to that and all the analysis that is being done, one thing I can tell you is that I can give you the the, the assurance that there are yeah, in fact persons in Trinidad and Tobago from Venezuela who were involved and are involved in gang activities from human trafficking just last year and earlier this year we arrested persons who are actually gang members in charge of gang, right? Gang leaders from Venezuela who are arrested in Trinidad and Tobago. We are sure that there are in fact persons from Venezuela who are gang leaders and gang members who have even joined gangs in Trinidad and Tobago. But when it comes to the firearms and the data that we're talking about, the data have shown clearly from the firearms that we are recovering and doing the tracing of the firearms, you will see that there is a certain number of firearms that is coming from Venezuela. But that percentage is minuscule to the number of firearms that are coming through our legal ports. And I mentioned it before because I can't stand up at any forum and talk about it because the evidence is clear from all the analysis done. But there is a percentage of firearms coming through, through our illegal ports coming from Venezuela. But as I said, it is, is not, it is insignificant. And even though it is insignificant, we need, to, we need to plug the hole and put a stop to it. But where our problems really lie is definitely through our legal ports and the bond system that exists within Trinidad and Tobago. Well, you, you, you called on agencies and institutions in the country, including the parliament, to join the police more in what you would describe as a more effective way of dealing with crime and helping the TGPS. If you are saying, and this is not the first time I've heard this because the Minister of National Security has also said this in the past, mm -hmm. that our legal ports are the biggest issue. What is the challenge in, you mentioned the bond system, in timing the import, well, the illegal importation through legal ports, no less, of illegal firearms in the country? Imagine legal ports we can't seem to manage in timing that. What is the population supposed to think about that? 
Yeah. You see, um, again, this is how things need to be evidence-based. And at a point in time, about probably three years ago or so, what you, had, what you said earlier was, in fact, the, the, the belief and, uh, in the country that the majority of firearms and ammunition that were coming in the country were coming from the, the mainland of Venezuela, right? Now, if you believe that what will happen, the strategies and tactics that you will put mainly in place is for that reason. But when the true analysis is done, and, the, and, and it came to, to our, uh, our, our knowledge from all the analysis. We realized by that time that it is mainly from our legal, from legal force, where the whole system that was placed there was re- is really entrenched. And it's taken a lot of work in order to break those barriers that were set by these persons who are involved. There's complicity, there's systems placed put in place by the persons who are involved in this organized transnational crime that would take the, the, the police service here linking with the with the DA, linking with the ATF and the other agencies to break the back of what is existing. Again, it demonstrates the importance of proper evidence-based approach because if it is not done properly, your strategies and tactics will be focused significantly in the wrong areas while other persons entrench the manner in which they do things and know it takes take a humongous task in order to break the back of what was cemented. But it's interesting you're saying that, Commissioner, because the Minister of National Security, when he was chair of the National Joint Select Committee National Security, championed a tour of legal ports where several gaps were identified in terms of contraband, possibly, well, not possibly, coming into the country. This was four or five years ago. So to say that the, the legal ports weren't on the radar before is erroneous. The issue is whether enough I, I, I was never, done I, to stymie that. I, I never said that the illegal ports were not the focus. I said that the illegal ports were primarily... The focus, it was mainly on that because the whole belief was that the majority of firearms that I mentioned at community country were coming from the mainland. So we had to focus on all these illegal ports of entry. I said when additional analysis now was done in relation to the tracing and thing of the firearms, we are now at the point to understand that it providing an opportunity for some of these people to entrench themselves because we were focusing significantly on the illegal ports. So we have we have two problems. We have the illegal ports and we have the legal ports. But I'm saying now we recognize that the legal ports are even more significant than the illegal. That doesn't mean to say we have given up looking at the illegal entries. We are dealing with it. But we now have to focus a lot on the legal the legal court. So there's no way what the minister was doing at that time was any way misleading. At that time, that is the intelligence information that they had. But as we get the further evidence in the tracing of the firearms, we at this point, now within the last year or so, I actually identify where these firearms are coming from. And I mentioned that 
even in 2019, at Trinidadian was charged in Georgia for exporting, illegally exporting, 56 firearms into, the, into Trinidad and Tobago, right? And he was charged by the ETF on that end because work had been done on their end and been done on our end. You mentioned laws being a challenge, but well, some of the laws being a challenge earlier on. What are the other significant challenges facing the TCPSA dealing with this crime of siege? Well, you know, as I mentioned to my officers, other than our intelligence apparatus that we need to continue working on developing and cultivating informants, all the necessary work that has to be done, our front line to this battle is having significant patrols and police presence out there, you know. And as we get vehicles, you know, to make sure that we can, you know, um, increase our response time, provide that, that safety and security, that, that, that what is needed out there. And during the year, we had some challenges in even putting together our whole patrol um, grid system that helped significantly. And this is where some of our citizens out there, sometimes they say they are patriotic, but they are not. They are more self-centered in the sense that even to get my vehicles on the road as I got new vehicles, I had challenges where you will have providers who have promised and signed agreements with our with, with, with our partners, um, Vemcut, to bring in the lights for our police vehicles, the scissor lights and sirens for police vehicles, and give a date, and by that time, I'll be holding back and putting vehicles on the road, and then you'll find out that the person did nothing right did nothing at all so you'll notice that you'll have some of our vehicles on the road with single lights on 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 on, on the roof of the the, the, the vehicle and right because we did not get in the lights and that had kept us back from actually putting together a little earlier our whole patrol regime out there so there are some persons for some reason in the other all right you know i'm going to take the provider to court at this point and we now have to be making efforts to get the vehicles organized, you know, to be on the road. So you'll see several vehicles with single light. And I said that nothing will prevent us from doing what we have to do. So there are persons who are there who are talking, but they are actually doing some things that, that, uh, that undermine the, the functioning, effective function of the police service. And I just mentioned in one, you know, we are at the stage where we are custom getting credit from from providers and they get the money sometimes down the road at some point in time we got documents here stating no they're not dealing with us unless they get cash up front why all of that developed within the last few um the last few months so we were faced with some significant challenges to deal with the with, with, with the crime situation i had to call an important meeting with all the persons who do repairs of police vehicles because at times these police vehicles go in there for repairs and, 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 and um, they were not dealing with it. And I had to meet with them and, and organize with uh, my financial people to deal with certain, with, with a plan to deal with it because of certain, certain feelings out there. So, you know, it is challenging. Now we have them um, cut in the middle of it all and we now have a maintenance and a fleet management system. That will help to help us going forward. But our patrols is our front line in in policing, in spite of all the detective work and 
investigative work that is re required. So during the course of the year, we had some challenges in order to really and truly develop the grid system. And as you see, as we develop it from the highway patrol to the other patrols, we are doing very, very well with a lot of interceptions. Up to now, I have awarded something like 67 officers, so good work being done out there while they're on patrol, you know, with recovery of AR-15, AK-47, drugs, you know, good work done by the officers out there. Once they are given the tools, they will do the job because, you know, and we place the, the relevant systems in place. Finally, Commissioner, uh, two-part two question. One, what can the public expect, given the 493 murders and the, 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 the suggestion that we're going to, if we continue at the trend we, in the trend we're going now, surpass records, no one wants that in Trinidad Tobago. What can they expect in terms of a police presence, a different law enforcement strategy to stymie this? And two, what can the public expect in terms of police operations that will engender a sense of a greater sense of confidence so the public can participate with more of a sense of an ease of mind that when they give information to the police, it doesn't come back to bite them in the behind because that is a great concern out there in terms of the public participating in law enforcement activities uh, where police operations are concerned? Right. First thing, uh, the public out there is really, really hurting. We, the police officers, are hurting because in some instances when you have these even affect members of our family, relatives, and you know, as I walked through Enterprise yesterday on a particular street, and I talked to the residents, um, and the minister was together with me there, and uh, PDF, you know, uh, the head of the, the defense staff. And, you know, when you, when you talk with them, you will see that at least every other house, there is somebody in the house that was killed or affected by, by the level of criminality, you know. So we really need to, to deal with it, to, to remove this trauma that our population is going under, even the police service itself. What I can tell you is that, uh, fortunately for us, you know, um, I have 110 uh, men and women will be passing out um, tomorrow from the police academy. We are looking forward to getting this additional um, um, staff to increase our presence and patrols out there. So there will be an increase in a lot of police activities. You know, we'll be intensifying our patrols. Uh, you know, there are some areas that, you know, like the San Rafael station that have been closed. We need, uh, I will be reopened. And we will um, ramp up uh, our activities out there. I expect to get some additional vehicles by the end of this week. So as I get the manpower, I get the additional vehicles. So the population will expect a, a continued heightened presence of the police um, police out there. Um, our intelligence needs, they are, uh, are given the responsibility to ramp up so that we, you know, intelligence means proactivity. Intelligence means being able to know about things before it happens to prevent it from happening. I'm not taking away anything from them because we have done so many, many aspects that we prevent things from. We call it duty or care. We have done so much duty or care within the past few months to prevent persons from being killed as the intelligence information comes from persons and informants. So the intelligence people need to ramp up their work that they are doing but remember, as we develop, there are some persons out there who have confidence in some police officers and they provide the information. But we also have uh, 
crime stoppers. We also have 555, and we are asking persons if they don't have confidence to talk to a police officer who they believe they can trust all these numbers that have proven over and over again that there are no tracing or tracking of these numbers provide the information. We had a situation where someone was telling me last night in Enterprise that they call and they put call back the number, but they had called 999 to give information. So the 999 person um, gave the officers on the ground the number that they can contact the, in, the person to give precise information to help them while they were on the ground. And they said, as a result of that, they don't want to call 555 and crime stoppers. It's a total different system that exists. When you call 999, you call 800 um, tips to 555. So I want to give the population the assurance that they can call those numbers and provide the information. But there will be a ramping up of police activities out there. And I'm happy that I'm getting these additional 110 officers to be on the ground coming from at least by Friday as they are passing out um, tomorrow, they are only passing out tomorrow, so that they can add to, the, to our numbers out there, so that we can, in fact, um, redress this, this situation that we are having with the, the increase in these murders. And, and, you know, we, police service, don't definitely, didn't even want this number to even reach the, reach the uh, 500. We are making all efforts that is necessary with all the tools and, and equipment and manpower that we, we that, that, that is provided to us. We'll continue doing so. Again, I want to thank my officers who have been out there. Some of them, as I said, working 24-24. Some of them, they are really making the effort that is required uh, um, to, to help with the crime situation. They have made several arrests over the weekend. They arrested two persons who were responsible for murders right after the incident occurred. They had recovered firearms. You know, they have arrested over 170 persons over the, the, this holiday period who have out, who had out, outstanding warrants in the various divisions. They have issued so many tickets to DUI and proceeding. They continue being out there working. But in spite of that, we can't even talk about that because of the murder situation. It would be very difficult for me to come and be interviewed on the radio, you know. But I know in my responsibilities, when you all call, I will respond. But I prefer at times just to take action, get results, you know, than, you know, making, making promises, you know. But it's my responsibility, so I will come forward and talk with you all, let you all know what is happening and what we are doing. So again, I want to thank you all very much for calling, and you know I'm available um, at any time in order to, to enlighten the, the public of the efforts the police is making. Commissioner, thank you for being here. Thank with you us so much. Yes, thank you. All the best. You have a great day. Recording stopped. Yeah. All right. Thank Good you. Good morning, Mr. Ragubasi. What? Good morning, guys. Hey, Good morning, Trinidad. Richie, rich. Happy belated birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. How is yes. New York? New York is good. I, I mean, I, I was doing in New York what I've never done before. Um, do the museums and stuff like that. Because generally, I go to New York, it's lime, lime, fat, lime, lime, drink, eat, lime. So it was See good to do, I mean? the, um, to do the Guggenheim and do the Met and stuff like that. So that's what I was doing. But, but the, my the good friend I'm staying by, Lisa, she is 
at Sotheby's in the Art Institute. So she's very um, passionate about art and she's very informed about art. So it was very um, much contextualized, the various artists and, and stuff. You know, she was, she could actually do a talk because she was very good at explaining a lot of it that I wouldn't see through my lens because I'm not an art, you know, aficionado, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So it was very interesting. Well, good but, man. In, but um but I buy my sister now, so where's Nyla? She's good. She's a she she's at work, she went to work. Oh, she home all alone. Uh well partly. No, I think um one of my my nephews here. And um but you know you know what's strange about it too, that I I missed the show in a kind of way. At six and seven, it's still pretty dark. Dark. Yes, it's mm -hmm. pretty dark. It's yeah. so I twist the right tear and I see it's dark, so I go back to sleep at the other time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so does it get light and I look at my symbol? What time is it? Exactly. I see, I see twenty to nine. I say, well, let me just show my face, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm. But you had a good trip so far. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you had a great birthday. Yeah, yeah. I went out to dinner and stuff last night. So it was good. It was good. Nice, nice, nice. Wonderful. You rum? No, no, no. I just had one alcoholic drink, Paul. One? Oh, no. One? You only had one every half hour. One every 15 minutes. You only had one every half hour. Anyway. We, of course, we, we're talking, we, we spoke to Minister Hines and then the commission earlier on about the 14 murders, depending on which newspaper you read this morning, over the weekend, including a three-year-old child. But I, want, I don't want to spoil your vacation, so yeah, we're glad yeah. that you checked in. The, the, the time away is time to disconnect from the madness sometimes. Yeah, you yeah, just need yeah. to do that, you know. Yeah. You do. Yep, you need to yep. detach. And, and give your mind a little rest from it, you know. Yeah, because I did, I know, I know, I know, you know, sometimes we get the newspapers and I was, I was going through the digital and I started to read it. At some time over the weekend, I think it was sent. And I started to see all of this news and I say, you know what, Richard? No. Disconnect. You're very yeah. right. I said disconnect. Disconnect. Yeah. <laughs> you need to detach. You do, you know. You'll no, go crazy. No. Let yeah. your mind get a little rest. Mm -hmm. Focus on something else and, and get yourself a, a, a reboot, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And you can so, do that when you go for a massage too. Well, I don't think in the area where I am there's much massaging <laughs> to take place. You'd be surprised, you know. You'll, yeah, yeah, I don't want to tell you that. Yeah, in Penn yeah. State last night, though, there was a protest because um, on the university, um, one some student group brought um, the found, one of the founding members of the Proud Boys to speak, and of course, a lot of the other students weren't having it, so. There was a big protest and police and bacchanal, and eventually the event had to be cancelled, which I, which I think was what the mission was, mm -hmm. to make sure that the event is cancelled, that um, the Proud Boys should not be allowed to speak in Penn State, um, at least by the students there. Yeah. So, um, so that was a major news item that took place here. But you know, as you brought that up, there was another school shooting in Atlanta yesterday morning where Ooh. one student... And, and an adult was, was was killed. Of course, the shooter was killed um, by the police. But this school shooting episode in, in the U.S. is just, it's like every week. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, the U.K. has a new prime minister. I'm sure you heard by now. 
Well, first non-white prime minister in the UK, that's historical. Mm-hmm. Even though, of course, Rishi Sunak, Sunak uh, is um, so wealthy, he's certainly not of the people. But no, he's not of the people at all. <laughs> maybe he's, which, which is going maybe to be his biggest challenge? <laughs> well, we'll see. We yeah. will see. I mean, Because what his uh, family is, what, the, one of the 26th, I think they're the 26th most wealthy family in the UK or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. He's He's super well. Let's see if he connects with the people and what they need now. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say he can't do no worse than less trust, but let's wait and see. Let's count 45 days and 45 see. Days. <laughs> 45 days. I think he'll outlast her, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. I see big praise to Boris Johnson this morning in his, in his first speech, you know, and and trying to be gracious. But, of course, he's the one who couldn't wait to turn on Boris Johnson before. So he's trying to mend some wounds that he created in the past. They say he has a lot of, Rishi Sunak has a lot of baggage. But let's see how it goes, because they certainly need to have some stability in that country now. Yeah. But, it's, yeah. but, but I mean, from the, from the non-white issue, it really is amazing that mm-hmm. there's a non-white prime minister in the United Kingdom and a non-white mayor of London. Well, think about it. And, and I said with the greatest respect, after they try everybody else, <laughs> you realize that, right? You realize that, right? After after Boris fail, after trust, okay, well, let, let me give him a play. <laughs> you understand? But I, I think he'll, he'll actually do well. But to me, again, the issue is the connection with the grassroots and what the, the people, the general rank and file Brits need. And I don't know that he's connected to that. Yeah, That's not yeah. his life. That's not his life story. Yeah. So we see how it goes. Anyways, you can say goodbye now, Rich. All right. Have a fantastic day wherever you are. And um, um, remember to smile and laugh. It's good for your health. Have a great day, y'all. Be safe. All right, gentlemen. Have a great day yourself. Be safe in all that you do. All right. So Charles, he's here already. Yeah, he's just getting set up. It is 61 days of Christmas, Charles. Today is what? Today is Sapi, Christmas Monday. I mean, on Christmas Tuesday. What is it? Sapi Tuesday. Oh, yeah. All right. And we come along to the final week of Calypso History Month. All right, folks, keep it locked on. So Charles is in, he's raring to go as usual. Nice of Richie Rich to join us this morning. All right, I always say before I go, please adopt, please donate to the various animal shelters throughout Trinidad and Tobago. Please adopt. With the fireworks last night, there are a lot of animals that are lost. But some people have found them. So just check the various pages on Facebook. If you lost your dog, check there first. All right, from small ones to German Shepherds. I'm seeing a lot of animals that have been found. And let's check to see if it's yours, all right? Of course, you can come to the Pet Butler. We're all stocked up. We're at number one, Harris Street in Kirap, which is Harris Street off the Southern Main Road. And of course, uh, Harris Street is one opposite Farm Road. All right, and of course, Thursday, Dr. Tamin Gooding will be in. All right, so you can call 610-8725 or WhatsApp at 
800-875-8725 to book an appointment with Dr. Tamine Gooding. That's our veterinarian. That's in-house at the Pet Butler. All right? And you can always donate for us, uh, well, at us. Uh, we got a bin and everything there. You could buy food and donate to the various shelters that we, you know, we support all shelters. All right? Have a good day, folks. Speak with you guys bright and early tomorrow morning. And guess what? Paul would not be behind the ball. Do you need to get work done on your vehicle? Look no further than the Auto Champions. Champlain Auto Services. From vehicle inspection to shutdown service, they do it all. Champlain Auto Services. Great mechanics and technicians. Exceptional customer service with accessories galore. Champlain Auto Services is your one-stop shop. They are your auto champions. You name it, they can fix it. Champlain Auto Services. Eastern Main Road, opposite Carib. Call 662-6545. And like us on Facebook. Champlain Auto Services. We do it all. Thank you for choosing Power the Two Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.